Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, my name is Randy Ford. I'm uh, one of the um, uh, on the board of the chambers and chamber and one of the, the executive chair uh, overseeing the public policy area. And I'm joined today by uh, two of my very able public policy uh, members, Mark Solomon and John Hurst. And uh, Liz Morris is the third person, and she had a uh, Richardson School Board uh, uh, event that she had to attend, so she won't be with us. And um, I will uh, we'll get us started, and uh, and I'll be kicking it over to Mark Solomon to uh, to kind of moderate a panel with our guests. We're delighted today to have uh, certainly two people who are no strangers to the Richardson Chamber, and we're very thankful for the uh, the time that we can always uh, get with them. Uh, and no, uh, no schedules are busy and particularly, uh, representative Leach, I know you're, you're on a tight window here. So we're going to, we're going to go to you first, but, uh, just quick introductions. Uh, Angie Chen button, uh, represents district 112, um, which is, uh, a large part of Garland and Richardson and, and, uh, uh, and, and both the representative districts are going to be changing here. We can talk about that a little bit, uh, later. Uh, she's also the chairman of the International Relations and Economic uh, Development and a uh, member of the Ways and Means Committee. And Representative Leach, uh, also, uh, also chairman, uh, chairs the uh, Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence and uh, has been involved with that, I know, for a long time. And um, so two, two very important uh, committees uh, that have a lot of work that has to do with uh, the Richardson uh, business community. So. Um, Again, thank you for both of you joining. And uh, Representative Leach, we will start with you. You're down in Austin today, I understand? Yes, sir. Can you hear me okay? Yes, hear you loud and clear. Great. Well, okay. I, will, uh, I will turn the program over to, um, to Mark Solomon, and uh, we'll get started. Well, Mr. Chairman, good to have you with us today. And uh, always good to see you, and uh, welcome. Uh, We'll let you start off with telling us uh, what you're up to and what's happening uh, within uh, your district and what's happening statewide today. Well, Mark, um, I can see you and I trust that you can hear me. If you can't, just uh, just wave at me and I, and I hope you can see me as well. Um, Mark, I'm just staring right at you right now, so don't make any, any funny faces. Uh, and, if, and of course, it's great to be with, uh, with my friends from the Richardson Chamber and always wonderful to share the the stage, uh, or the Zoom stage, I should say, with my colleague and uh, Madam Chair Button. Great to see you. And and I would never, we have done many of these together over the years, and, and this is the first time, and I promise you it will be the last time that I ever go before uh, Angie Chin Button. Um, I'm actually, you'll, you'll be glad to know this, uh, Madam Chair, and, and those of you on the call, I think, would like to know this as well. I'm in Austin today, actually, just right outside um uh, the Capitol overlooking downtown Austin here uh, with the Texas Association of Realtors. Uh, today is um, Leslie Ruda Smith Day. Leslie is from Collin County. She's a realtor in the Dallas area, lives in Plano. And Leslie is uh, the 2022 uh, National Association of Realtors president, only the third one in the history of the state of Texas. I believe the first woman uh, president from the state of Texas to serve in that role. And so I'm down here honoring her today. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to just briefly address you. And, um, and then I'm going to go present her with her proclamation and then try to hop right back to you uh, for question and answers. But Madam Chair Button will do an incredible job um, of, of covering anything that I don't. I'm going to keep these remarks very brief and to the point. Um, I'm, I'm in my fifth term running for my sixth term uh, as state representative from House District 67, which right now, 
and over the past uh, 10 years has consisted of um, a, a good portion of the city of Richardson. Unfortunately, because of uh, redistricting, after redistricting, I'll no longer have the opportunity to, to represent Richardson in the Texas House. But um, even that said, um, I, I want you to know if there's one thing that I want you to remember from my remarks today is um, that, that I will continue to be a friend and an advocate and a champion and ambassador for the city of Richardson and the citizens of Richardson. Um, even though I formally won't represent Richardson in the House, you can always, and I hope you will always come to me, uh, continue to partner together, not only serving the city and UTD, um, but our entire region. So thank you for just uh, all that y'all have done to help me over the years uh, do my job to serve you in the Texas House. I, I wouldn't rather be anywhere right now than in the great state of Texas. Thank we have you. our challenges. We have our, um, our challenges, but uh, we have great opportunities. Uh, we are doing very well economically. Um, we have made great strides over the years to strengthen and improve public education, to invest in infrastructure, uh, roads and bridges and our critical infrastructure, uh, namely last year, last session, uh, the reliability of our electric grid in Texas, which uh, performed very, very well. Uh, during the winter storm uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, we, we are doing great. And it, the governor likes to say, and I, and I like to repeat as well, that if, if Texas were our own country, which some people on this call maybe sometimes wish we were our own country, uh, but if we were, we would economically be the ninth largest country in the world, larger than uh, the countries of Canada, Australia, and even larger than Russia economically. And so uh, with a 250 approximately billion dollar state budget, a biennial state budget. Uh, we take our roles as stewards of the taxpayer dollars very seriously. And next session, I believe, is going to be a nuts and bolts, meat and potatoes session. We're already getting started now working towards next session, looking forward to next session, uh, making sure that we're doing the things necessary to, and like I said, uh, continue to invest in infrastructure, improve education, make sure our justice system is open and accessible and fair and reliable, do all the things that we need to do um, to ensure Texas remains strong. And I'll, and I'll say this in closing, uh, it is not because of, I believe very strongly, and we'll reiterate to you, it is not because of the politicians that Texas is so strong. Uh, you're the boss, not us. We work for you. And the people of Texas are innovative, resilient, strong, and caring and kind, unlike any other state in this country. And so I just want to thank you for everything you're doing to serve our community, to make um, the city of Richardson and our entire region what I believe to be very sincerely believed to be uh, the best place to live anywhere, uh, not only in the state of Texas, but in this country. And so um, I, I just, I love y'all and I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve you. I hope they, to have the opportunity to continue to serve you in the Texas house. And I'm always available, always a phone call away. So Mark, thank you again. And I, I'll hand it back to you. And then I assume you're going to hand it back to Angie. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, we appreciate that. Look forward to uh, having you back on with us in a few minutes. So uh, we'll see you then. Representative Button, Mr. Madam Chairman, we're glad to have you with us this morning. And uh, we'll let you now introduce uh, the, what you're going to do in this next session. And Jeff mentioned that y'all are already working. Uh, so I assume that you've got some interim charges now from the speaker. Uh, and so if you'll bring us up to date on those, I'd appreciate it. Uh, first, uh, let me say happy Valentine's Day to each of you. For those of you thought uh, because you are tied up in this legislative updates, uh, cannot take your sweetheart out for lunch, please do not use uh, and this as a, an excuse because I already tell my husband, okay? And uh, 
uh, I know that uh, uh, my colleague, Representative uh, uh, Leach, might just already left, but I still want to make an official uh, statement how proud I am serving with him. Both uh, uh, Lee, uh, uh, Jeff and I uh, were listed, uh, were recognized uh, by the Texas Monthly as uh, uh, top 10 legislators during last year. So you know that you have uh, uh, two powerhouse uh, uh, representing Richardson uh, from this area. And uh, I'm just absolutely appreciating and uh, think about his work ethic. Uh, even because in redistricting, he's no longer, his new district will not cover Richardson, but he still make the very best effort, even calling from Richardson, uh, in, uh, you know, calling from Austin in order to participate in this very, very important uh, legislative uh, session for the chamber. So once again, uh, it's such a great honor and I am just so proud to serve with him. And I know I can count on him to support Richardson as well, okay? Then uh, let me, Thank uh, Randy and all the co-chairs and uh, chamber members and participants. Uh, uh, you all uh, join us for this session, and especially the moderator, my dear friend Mark Solomon. You have done so much. I don't know how many times uh, I tell my husband Darcy. You know, sometimes he's he's really the the what what should I call? He, he's so much involved with what I'm doing. Sometimes uh, he's the one kind of like, uh, 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 you remember the old movie, My Fair Lady? And he thought he was uh, that Professor Higgins, okay? Teaching me everything. But Darcy and I were talking about uh, uh, Mr. Mark Solomon, former council member, is the role model for all the elected officials because he has a heart to serve. He always serves with everything he can offer and he never takes the credit. And Mark, remember that we visited you right before Christmas and you will be always in my heart, okay? After I make all the statement, of course the chamber will continue to prosper and uh, okay, the city, uh, the new city manager, uh, Don, I saw you, uh, one of the participants. I want to uh, appreciate uh, your participation and many of the old friends, that, uh, you know, I want to say old, a lot of uh, good friends like Debbie and the new friends, okay? So let me, since uh, uh, Jeff left us, so I guess uh, I get to uh, give you the updates and also uh, probably uh, answer many questions. Okay, uh, first, uh, uh, Jeff said a very, very good, uh, he had a very, very good short and sweet summary about, oh, golly, uh, don't you think we're all so happy about the warm and lovely sunny weather instead of uh, the other alternative? And uh, of course, uh, some people say, well, you know, uh, the, the, the new, a great uh, power system hasn't been really tested because we had a mild winter storm. And let me tell you, we did work very, very hard 
uh, last session to make a lot of improvement. I'm not going to go through all the details. Uh, but although this time it wasn't as serious as in the past, but it could be, and we will continue to work on to make sure that, that just in case that uh, uh, 100 years of snowstorm comes back again, who knows, you know, and uh, we'll be in a better position. Uh, so as Jeff said that last session, we will continue to work on that. So that's a short thing. Uh, another thing I'm very proud of, uh, I wanna give you all an update. Although we are kind of ease off uh, from the stress for uh, pandemic uh, situation, but I want you to know we are actually took that lesson seriously. Uh, I had a legislative uh, uh, zone meeting update with uh, UT Southwestern and uh, the president uh, that uh, Podolsky, Dr. Podolsky, uh, he presented in person, talk about the, uh, the, what UT Southwestern has been doing. Uh, the reason I brought it up is uh, especially two major issues, extremely important, and we've been working on that. I'm happy to see that uh, we had made a great pro progress. First is that uh, uh, during the last session, we were able to uh, set up the, the, the UT's School of Public Health for North Texas. Now, you, you know the impact because we don't want, uh, you know, yeah, if anything comes back again or whatever, in any kind of a scale, it's going to be so scary. So we want to make sure that more people, uh, more do doctors and more uh, medical professions will get into the public health uh, area. And so I'm proud to say I'm, I'm one of the major legislators behind the effort to make that happen. And the second thing is uh, uh, related uh, to uh, so many people, especially young people and uh, also the, the students uh, about the mental situation because of this entire uh, pandemic uh, environment. Uh, you know, you, you read so many statistics about the, the uh, suicidal rate increase, uh, the drug dosage, all kind of uh, sad things. Uh, well, I'm proud to say that uh, the joint project with the Texas Health and Human Services Commission, UT Southwestern has been tasked with designing, construction, and operating a 200-bed adult uh, uh, psychiatric uh, facility and as a result of the work uh, and uh, uh, just through uh, my husband is tell me don't throw the numbers but I think uh, numbers says a lot too so uh, during the last year's regular session we were able to get 45 million dollars for the design planning and the land acquisition for this project and then during the third special cold session we were able to get $238 million uh, out of the one-time federal ARPA funds. And we we're going to continue to monitor that and make sure that uh, not only uh, the things were coming the way that as we planned, 
but we're also ready to, if we can be able to uh, tap on other additional resources, and we need to do that, and that is extremely important. Okay, so uh, let me talk about this. First, uh, since I am the chair of the international relations and economic development, and plus the audience here, you are with uh, our real prestigious uh, Chamber uh, of Commerce, uh, the big richest in Chamber of Commerce. I do want to spend some time to talk more, well, the majority of my time to, to address uh, uh, the business issues, especially in the economic development, okay? The first thing came to my mind definitely this uh, uh, shortage supply chain uh, issues especially with the uh, with uh, the computer semiconductor chips and uh, I guess you all probably heard about that this and, and you know ins and outs too too so many times uh, but but I want to uh, give you a, a little bit of uh, updates and uh, uh, you know this uh, right now so much spotlight on the, the shortage of the, uh, the uh, computer chips and also extended to the manufacturing side of uh, the US uh, uh, the strategy, which we have been doing for many years, uh, did put us into a very awkward position, except uh, I have to say our proud chamber, uh, Richardson chamber, you all have been doing the right thing, always emphasize the importance of technology, especially the semiconductor, you know, right in the backyard, everything, you know. So uh, you understand the, the issues here, but then until last year, a lot of people, a lot of people even in the in the business development did not realize how important this is and now everybody realized that and the semiconductor shortage now affecting a lot of business even just the daily life we all know the refrigerator and even the, the cars everything okay let me just share with you another story of my i like to teach my husband a little bit since this is Valentine's Day. Uh, before the Christmas, when the pandemic situation eased up a little bit, and he said, well, Angie, you know, we have two cars. One is 15 years old, that's his car. I cannot even roll down a window because you can roll it down, but you're not sure it will come, come back. And uh, another one is uh, about like, uh, uh, nine years old, that, that, that's the one we've been driving back to forth between Dallas and Austin last year at so many mileages. So he said, uh, uh, I would like to buy you a, a new car as our Christmas gift. I kind of sense that he just said that because he knows that at that time, the, the commuter chips is already you know, in, in a crisis. Uh, but sure enough, uh, uh, he took me to the, the I'm not going to mention the, which uh, our manufacturer, but he took me to the dealer and we look at a, the, a 
surprise. He knows I'm always watching every penny and the conclusions. Hey, listen, it's not very smart to, to buy a car now, okay? But that's just one of the examples. And then uh, I, I want to keep this uh, uh, presentation uh, just nonpartisan, but by the facts about the, you know, the current inflation rate is 7.5% plus, especially in North Texas, it is really an issue. So, so the good things, the semiconductor uh, business, uh, uh, they're starting to put in more investment, for example, like the, uh, our backyard uh, Texas instruments, uh, they've been putting the effort for their new fab, and then also they are building up another fab in the Sherman area. And we have several examples. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna, uh, nationwide also made a great difference. So I'm not gonna go through the uh, the, the details. Although I, I was personally disappointed that $17 billion sent some um, semiconductor manufacturing facility went to uh, Tyler East uh, Texas instead of to our area. And we do have a Samsung facility in Richardson area, you know, but uh, we didn't get that fab. So I will, I, I have to say, I, I personally, I am a little bit disappointed. I have a, a lot of statistics here, which I, I'm not gonna uh, repeat it. Uh, um, so, Marcus, how's, how's my time slot looks like? It's getting pretty close. Uh, do you want to go over with us some of the interim charges that uh, the yes. has? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. Uh, and, and Chairwoman Button, if I could, it, just for the per for maybe help everybody on the call here, could you explain just kind of the, the cadence and the process in in the off year when when the legislature is not in session that this okay. leads to the interim charges? Uh, excellent. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people thought, well, you know, uh, being a state representative, uh, it's a really a part-time job. Uh, the part-time job uh, is it, it justified. We only get $600 a month pay, okay? But the reality is it's more than, it's really a full-time job and including the weekends. I'm not talking about just the campaign. Earlier, uh, Jeff tell you where he came from, whatever, actually, I already, I was at the early voting site in Richardson and also in the new North uh, Texas, North Dallas area, which is a part of my new district. And we left the house early in the morning. We're already been to two early voting sites. So that burns a lot of energy. But then uh, elect, general elections in November, okay? So right after that, uh, then the, the new session starts uh, inaugural ceremony in early January. So for people don't really have that much time to get prepared for the new session, okay? And, and uh, without the, 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 the speaker announcer who is gonna be chair for which sessions, there's a lot of issues there, okay? So with a lot of unknown situation, we still have to be in a good position to prepare what we're going to focus on during the legislative 140 days regular legislative session. Hopefully next year we don't have to have go through the three special sessions. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. So Randy, excellent question. So 
uh, when we're not in session, we need to work on prepare ourselves to understand what are the issues from the prior session and also the general uh, uh, political and economic and social, whatever business environment, so we can prepare. And that's what we call entering charge, okay? As a chairwoman uh, for the International Relations and Economic Development Committee, I got the honor to prepare a proposal for my intern charges submitted. Uh, I already submitted it to the uh, speaker on November the 22nd, uh, but the speaker hasn't announced uh, uh, what's uh, his final decision. So each chairman uh, submitted their proposal and uh, uh, hopefully the speaker will agree, usually will agree with most of us, uh, our proposal, especially the one that have excellent record. And I'm proud to say I have excellent record. And uh, uh, Chairman Leach also have excellent record. Okay, so let me briefly talk about my own committee's interim charge. Is that okay, Randy? Okay. Yes. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Of course, uh, let's talk first. Uh, we we want to examine, you know, take a great serious look at the current economic development incentive programs and also identify the underutilized uh, uh, programs uh, and, and uh, identify the opportunity to enhance uh, economic development program. Okay, so next topic is extremely important and I already got a lot of people calling me up asking is uh, how about the 313? Okay, if I confuse you, let me explain that to you. Okay, 313 is uh, the, the, the core of the economic development, which will allow the uh, school district that actually is decided by the, the school board uh, to approve that kind of like, uh, uh, what you can say either say abatement or suspension of the uh, school property tax for certain years in order to attract companies coming to that district uh, to uh, develop and create jobs, okay? So that has been a very, very important economic uh, uh, development tool. Then you say, well, that doesn't mean that it's going to re reduce the funding for the uh, school districts. No, it's not. The reason is uh, the 313 has uh, coded to promise that we will hold the school district uh, harmless, which means whatever the school district's property tax, uh, say uh, they decided uh, to uh, you know, give a certain company uh, $10 million uh, uh, abatement uh, for certain years, the, the state will go ahead and reimburse them. So the school district will not have to suffer, okay? But then the, the, for the state, it is important because uh, uh, 
uh, if we have a, you know, the, the state wants to make sure that those working attract those companies coming to uh, invest in our district, in our in our state, in our district. And earlier, uh, the uh, Chairman Beach mentioned that uh, Texas is number nine, the largest economic uh, unit or whatever, if you want to treat it as a country like that, okay? And the GDP, in terms of GDP, and but that means we'll continue to under the, the, the pressure to attract more business coming in to create jobs because eventually, even you give an abatement, uh, the property school property tax abatement, eventually they are going to, uh, you know, uh, run out of that the special treatment and generate a, a, a tax property school property tax. Plus that there are the uh, kind of uh, uh, ripple effect that would generate a lot of uh, tax revenue. Plus that uh, uh, definitely the, the job creation. Okay. So uh, that like the TI's uh, side in uh, Sherman is the one that uh, won that, uh, that, that's before my time, uh, got that 313 uh, help and approved by the Plano School uh, District. And about that one, uh, that has been a very powerful tool. But uh, first, that tool has been going on uh, for the, the renewal for uh, 10 years, okay? So uh, the, the deadline for that bill is uh, the expiration day for the chapter, not that bill, the, the chapter 313 is uh, December 31st of this year. So if we don't do anything, that tool is gonna go away. And my personal position is, yes, I know there are some uh, several issues and concerns about the 313, which I think there are real good concerns, okay? Such as uh, in some cases, the companies, they promise to create 1,000 jobs, and I'm just uh, throw out some numbers, but now refer to any companies, but they actually created only 500 jobs because the environment changes or technology changes. So uh, can what would be that case? And then also uh, who's gonna audit the, the actual job creation? There's there's a lot of issues here. So that that's why there was talks about during the regular session last year about the, uh, the extension of the 313. But my, my point is, uh, yeah, there are issues, but should we go ahead and through this uh, important economic tool out of our toolbox? They did uh, uh, create a lot of jobs and benefit taxes, okay? And so uh, there were two major bills. One is filed by uh, my colleague, Chairman Jim Murphy, uh, who is chairing the higher ed committee, but he was uh, working with me extensively in the economic development arena for many years. But his bill uh, has a significant changes, which means like the, uh, not only attract the new investment, but, uh, but also 
uh, to expand the, the business investments like that. And but that one uh, during the last day of the regular session, the Sunday night, he pulled the bill out because he find out that he's not getting the support. So instead of getting, you know, that the getting knocked down, which will be very, very embarrassing for a powerful chairman, okay? So he just pulled the bill. And then another bill related to 313, which it just simply says, hey, listen, we, because we're, we were so busy with the, the, the power issues and pandemic issues, and let's hold that thought. Uh, let's just extend uh, this bill for a couple of years so we have more time during the next session to really work on this 313 and see which would be the best solution. Uh, that was filed by Chairman of Weights and Means. Uh, that's uh, my dear colleague from Highland Park, University Park area, Morgan Mile. And that one got passed. So just everything is the same, just extend for two years. So we have more time to do a thorough study. But although the, the House passed that, the Senate did not. So I tell you the truth, I'm disappointed, but that's the result. So by the end of the year, that 313 done. That's why it is very, 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 very important for my committee to start the use of the local tax abatements, including the remaining agreements made under the chapter 313 and make recommendation to promote transparency and also enhance the effectiveness uh, of the tax abatements capital investment incentive. And so when we start our next sessions, we will be much, much more prepared. Okay. And other, uh, let me just briefly kind of uh, quickly run through other uh, interim charges for the economic development is uh, uh, study the feasibility of uh, creating a central source of uh, information and the application process for the state's economic incentive programs. I say that many times, but it, it was very, very difficult to get the, the things moving. Right now, there are because so many programs and with the different application forms, uh, if a new company, if a company is considered moving into Texas, they have to go through this, this pile of paper to file for uh, incentives. Uh, which is not efficient at all. And also the uh, specifically we need to figure out the, what the, what's going on the, the state's the current effort to attract, uh, remember earlier I talked about the, the chip shortage. Oh, hi, uh, Jeff, welcome back. Uh, uh, you miss out the, the great things I talk about your effort. I appreciate you so much. Okay, so let's talk about how we're going to specifically address the semiconductor uh, investment, not only for the business reason and also for the national security reason uh, in our area, okay? And which, uh, yeah, and also 
identified incentives within the Texas Workforce Commission uh, to extend the job training and job creation. And I, I, I had a wonderful bill passed to help out with the unemployment uh, tax, uh, tax uh, during the pandemic, because due to the not during due to the pandemic situation, and so I'm gonna skip that. Uh, but we can we need to e evaluate the impact and uh, see what else we can do. And then uh, other, I'm just gonna skip the several uh, pages, 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 and but overall, um, to make it short and sweet is. Uh, to evaluate all the current systems and see if it's still, um, you know, meet a, a dynamic uh, environment and how we can do better because a lot of good tools uh, Texas has been using has been copycat by other states. You know, you all know that, uh, you know, that's why some of the uh, new investments we thought we had a chance to, to grab it but it has gone to, you know, and I guess Intel just had another deal uh, in Ohio. Is that right? Yeah, kind of disappointed. And then uh, TSMC, uh, Taiwan's number one semiconductor, you all know that that deal went to Arizona. But, but we can, we need to kind of, okay. And also one thing I'm, I'm very proud of is that uh, the pandemic situation make all us realize that uh, uh, the child care is a very, very important issue. It's not only a family issue, it's but, but also a, a workforce issue and also economic development issue because a lot of wonderful parents, mother or father, single parent or whatever, one of the reasons they decided not to go back to work because they cannot find a reputable, dependable uh, childcare. So I have designated one session uh, during the regular term uh, to work on this issue. We have made a major improvement, but still a long way to go. I think I'm gonna stop here with Jeff coming back. Uh, he can talk also talk about uh, what he thinks we can do more in terms of his area. So, uh, and. Mark, unless you have any questions for me, I think we need to give a, a spotlight back to my wonderful colleague, uh, Chairman Leach. Yeah, Jeff, uh, Jeff, what we were talking about was just uh, the interim charges that your committee is looking at uh, or others that you think are particularly of interest to the business community and to our community in general. Well, um, Mark, I'm gonna, um, let me give you a brief update on, on what my committee is working on. I, I don't want to um, duplicate anything my colleagues said that when, I, when I stepped away. So let me, let me be very uh, laser focused on, on what the uh, Judiciary Committee is working on. A couple of things that I think will be of great interest to the folks on this call. And then I'm happy to take uh, specific questions along with, with Angie. Um, so I'm serving my second term as chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We have jurisdiction over all of the uh, civil and uh, criminal courts, basically all the courts in the state of Texas, as well as the Attorney General's Office, uh, Supreme Court, Court of Criminal Appeals, the State Bar of Texas, um, basically anything to do with the practice of law, uh, the rules of civil procedure, the rules of evidence, family courts, um, 
our, our committee is charged with focusing on. And we've been laser focused over the past two sessions, specifically this past session, on making sure that our courts are are um, open and accessible, reliable, fair. With a growing state, we've got an obligation to uh, to uh, create new courts to make sure that that we're putting uh, new courts and um, establishing new courts in the right areas of the state that are subject to tremendous growth. And um, right now, we've got about a um, the latest numbers are about a 12 to 13,000 case backlog over the state of Texas. That um, that is that is actually probably a very low number. We we predict that just because of of COVID and the fact that many of our courts were closed down, uh, many of our, our judges uh, were not holding hearings or jury trials. That that uh, that case backlog is probably in the 20 to 25,000 range across the state. And these are not just business disputes. Um, these are all disputes. So realize that, that when one case gets backed up, very important cases um, relating to, uh, let's say, domestic violence or, or family violence or child abuse or uh, CPS cases, all of these cases, civil and criminal, many of them are getting backed up in the system. And, and I believe that that's a miscarriage of justice. I think delayed justice is no justice at all. And so we're working very hard to get our courts caught up and to give them the resources that they need across the state. Um, to create specialty courts, so sexual assault courts, drug courts, veterans courts, um, uh, of course, our family law courts, to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can to make sure every Texan, whether on on whatever side of um, of a lawsuit, civil or criminal, they may be on, that they've got access to justice. Um, the border issue, our challenges at the border are creating some very real strains on our court system, and not only courts there along the border, but courts across the state that um, that, that are seeing some of these cases uh, dealing with um, with undocumented immigrants um, that, are, that are coming through our southern border arise. Of course, our, our courts have to hear these cases. Our judges uh, need to hear these cases. And um, but it's just creating additional strain and pressure with the amount of cases that our judges and our courts are being asked to, to handle. So so we are laser focused on trying to uh, to address that issue, to fix that issue. And uh, we're working with our Supreme Court and with our, our counterparts in the Senate and judges and practitioners all across the state to do so. Um, the, we, we did a number of things this session to, to address COVID liability protections for business owners. Uh, we, we passed uh, important legislation relating to cracking down on uh, commercial vehicle lawsuit abuse. Mark, something I know you're, um, you're in the insurance industry very familiar with, and any folks that are on this call that may have a commercial vehicle fleet, whether it's 118 wheelers or even two uh, company cars, You've seen your, um, just like average Texans and most Texas business owners have seen your, uh, your commercial vehicle insurance rates skyrocket in recent years. That's in large part due to a, um, a litigation market that has created a, a, just a, a breeding ground for abusive uh, lawsuits. Of course, we want to make sure that every, every injured Texan has their day in court and is able to uh, recoup the full amount of damages um, for an injury that's sustained on the roadways, but many companies are being forced out of business as a result of abusive and what I would say frivolous lawsuits. And we passed a real big bill this session that that cracks down on that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up. I know I'm I'm rambling on, but there's a number of bills we, we considered over 150 bills this session out of our committee. I think we passed 70 to 80 pieces of legislation, and it's my hope that all those bills will uh, will go a long way to, like I said, opening up our courts and making sure. Um, justice is not delayed for our, our citizens of Texans, and that includes our citizens here in, in Richardson and in Collin County. So, Mark, I hope that answered your question, but I'm happy to take additional questions. I appreciate those comments, and Angie, I appreciate your comments early on, and so I appreciate both of y'all. 
I see that we do have some questions, uh, but I'd like to uh, see we have this new city manager designee on with us, Don Magner. Uh, Don, do you have any particular questions uh, or comments concerning our legislative agenda from the city of Richardson for the, the upcoming session? Uh, good, good, good afternoon. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm experiencing a little bit of technical difficulty here, so I'm going to keep the video off to ensure that I can, I can uh, get, have good audio. Uh, just, just first, uh, thank, thank everyone for being here today. I really appreciate the, the forum, and it's always good to hear the, the updates, even, um, even off-session year. Um, we, we continue to work with our partners, um, uh, in both educational, uh, medical, institutional, uh, business especially, um, on, on tracking uh, their needs uh, will begin, um, it's hard to believe, but in just a few months uh, as we, over the summer, putting our legislative agenda uh, together for, for the next session. And um, so I'll just encourage uh, everyone on the call and others uh, to, to, as we go through our transition here at the city, and uh, obviously we have the ISD transitions and, and even uh, a business community transition at the chamber, uh, we really want to have an ongoing engagement to better understand and appreciate how we can advocate um, at the legislative level uh, to help the entire community uh, be more successful. So, Mark, I appreciate the, the chance to, to say a couple of words and I look forward to hearing the questions and, and the responses as we go forward. Good. I also see on the call that we have the Honorable Nancy Humphrey uh, from, the RIS, uh, from PISD. And so, Nancy, uh, I know you're really involved in the school issues. So do you have any particular questions or comments? Oh, well, that's really sweet of you, Mark. Thank you. Um, I'm so glad to be on this call and always enjoy talking to our legislators. Um, I think the issues that we're really focusing on right now relate to recapture. And I know some of you are in the Plano ISD jurisdiction and some are in Richardson ISD, but Plano is like the second largest contributor to recapture. And we've noted that in the last few years, it's just continued to grow. And I would, I would just have a voice for seeing if we could do something to um, maybe cap the recapture <laughs> um, so that we're not hit so hard. And um, there are 10 districts in the state that contribute 60% of the recapture. And we're like number one or two, or number two or three. I can't remember where we are year to year, but. I think that's a big one for us, but I won't, I won't go on any more about it, but um, Ms. Button or Mr. Leach, if you have any comments about that, I'm very happy to hear. Um, actually, I have a, a Richardson um, ISD, but I don't have any PISD, but I understand your concern to uh, uh, my colleague, uh, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, Morgan Meyer, he's uh, the University of Highland Park area, and he talked about that issue a lot. And uh, we, we definitely understand that people feel like, hey, you know, they, they're putting so much and they're not getting their yeah, a share back. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if uh, Jeff, you have any insights about that because that 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 you are your district is exclusively in the PISD, is that right? Yeah. So Angie, I'm I'm uh, blessed to rep uh, represent PISD and um, and Allen ISD. Okay. Um, that's right. And that's right. and so there, there's no question that for a long time Plano has been uh, top five. I think it's right. Plano's now number two at 
Um, I think Austin ISD may be number one um, in terms of amount of recapture payments to the state. That's that's uh, taxpayer dollars that are coming from our community that uh, that are going to the state that are not getting back to our community. They're going to other parts of the state. And Nancy, it's good to see you, by the way. Nancy's doing an incredible, incredible job, um, along with the other board members uh, in Plano. And um, this is a unique and it's an ongoing, very complex challenge that school finance. We've we've done a number of really, really good, substantial, I would say, historic landmark things in recent sessions, namely House Bill 3 in 2019, uh, which Angie and I helped write and advocate for that bill. But um, with, with those victories uh, behind us, uh, there's no question that every session we've got to come back and look at school finance and make sure that we're adequately fully funding schools, that we're doing it in a, in a, um, in a, in a fair and equitable way across the state, that every child in the state has access to a good quality, um, safe education, that our teachers feel supported. And recapture is a, an ongoing challenge. If I could do away with it today, I would. Um, I am open to all solutions, to any and all solutions when it comes to being a faithful steward of taxpayer dollars and any way that we can level the playing field, um, I'm all for. What's really been interesting to me, and Angie, you know this as well, you, we, the news likes to talk about, and you hear a lot about the, the divides between Republicans and Democrats, red and blue, and um, it's something we're all familiar with. But what's, what's really interesting. Uh, What's very real and substantial in the Texas legislature is the divide between rural and urban and then suburban. There just are very, very different ideas and uh, challenges that face our rural districts as opposed to Plano ISD and funding is at the top of that list. So, Nancy, we hear you and we're going to continue to partner with you to try to figure this out once and for all, like we do every session. So look forward to talking to you about it. Well, I sure appreciate that, Jeff. And I know that we're kind of an anomaly because we're a maturing community and it's harder for young families <clears throat> to afford housing here. And so our enrollment goes down and we're just caught in the middle of that. I think awareness about it is one of those things that I would like to make sure everybody understands. So I appreciate you taking time to talk about that. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, thank and, you, uh, Nancy. Uh, Randy? Yeah, I just, Nancy, while we still have you, you also mentioned uh, in the chat that, uh, that Plano ISD has um, <clears throat> worked with the Section 313 and uh, uh, to, to, to your benefit, uh, I would assume, uh, with Texas, Texas Instruments. And I don't know if you had any further comments you want to make about that. Well, no, but I would, I would say um, they shouldn't let that tool in the toolbox expire because it is something that is a relevant tool if it works for the parties that are involved. I think that you know when you drive by um, Texas Instruments over there on the George Bush, you'll see that they're building a 300 millimeter wafer um, plant. And I think we all know that we need um, chips in the world because I think the auto industry is really hurting right now because there aren't available chips. So I'm so thankful to be a part of that in, in um, cre you know, creating that 313 agreement that made it so that Texas Instruments chose to build here and not in, um, I wanna say another country or Rochester, New York, they had three locations. So it was that tool in the toolbox that made it work for them. And it's it's a beneficial relationship with the school district as well. So I agree with what Ms. Button was saying earlier about not letting it just totally expire. It can be good if it's used properly. Thank you, and, I think John Hurst uh, might have some comments concerning that because his 
uh, industry is highly impacted by that. John, are you still there? Yeah, I see you there. There, yes, we. Um, it can't happen fast enough. Um, <laughs> we make heating and air conditioning equipment. I'm with Linux International, and in any given year, we typically have maybe one or two events. Um, could be a, a tornado that ripped the roof off of a factory in Marshalltown, Iowa, a couple of years ago. Um, but this has felt more like a plague of locusts. Instead of one or two issues a year, we're dealing with five to ten a week. Um, it's it's amazing what our team's been able to do, but but you know we certainly appreciate um, the things that are happening to get the, the microprocessor uh, situation fixed. And it, you know, you just don't realize how much you use them until you can't get them. Uh, it's been amazing. We do things that you know heat and cool um, pharmaceuticals, uh, food supply, your home. Um, you know, it, it's it's difficult to live without. Uh, it's difficult to heat or cool a home without a microprocessor. So uh, kudos to everything that you're doing. It's it's unfortunately not going to happen quick enough, uh, but we're trying to keep the wheels on right now. Uh, let, let me add some comments uh, uh, for my wonderful co colleague. Uh, Jeff, earlier when I talk about interim charges, I did emphasize that at 3.13. You remember the last day the sunny died uh, uh, Chairman Jim Murphy's bill, he pulled it off because he know that there is no support. And then uh, Chairman Morgan Meyer put his bill past the House, which is just a two years extension past the House, but the Senate just not interested. You remember that? It was a major disappointment. So what we yes. try to do, yeah, try to do is uh, uh, during the interim charge, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, I'm guessing the the speaker is gonna wait until the primary is over. That, that, did you hear anything about that? Because we're anxious to to get the interim charge started, but we also understand if well colleagues have to go there fighting for like your case, you have a primary, and fighting for this, how can you have the focus and concentrate on you know the the interim charge? So. Well, what did you hear about the, when we're going to really do the interim charge, uh, start the interim charge? Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of the speaker, but I, I do think that, that we will be getting interim charges uh, fairly soon, um, right, rapidly, right after the primary, because you're right, Angie, we, we got we to gotta get to work. Um, if we wait until next January or February, it's too late to get started on these issues. So um, I, I do expect those to be out within the next probably few weeks, maybe three to four weeks. And, and at 313, if, if 313 agreements is not at or near the top of the list in terms of um, ways and means interim charges, I will be, I will be very surprised. Um, I, I think it was a surprise to, to a lot of folks that we weren't able to get those done in the regular session or the special sessions. But I, I do believe that it's going to be a major discussion in the interim and headed into next session as well it should be. Right. Now, actually, uh, I'm thinking about have a joint meeting with the ways and means because it, since it's a tech issue, so you can both committees can work on that issue. So uh, comments uh, from uh, Nancy, that's extremely important. Uh, hopefully we'll invite uh, great folks from the school boards uh, like uh, Ms. Nancy come to help uh, uh, us to, to communicate to the to the members and later on communicate to the help us to promote that instead of just, you know, 
I think the last time we just haven't so those uh, urgent uh, uh, issues uh, dominate the entire uh, regular session, so weren't able to do much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, definitely this is a very important. So Nancy, thank you for sharing your uh, your thoughts and uh, offering your support. I, I do appreciate that very much. You're welcome, and I'm happy to come talk to you anytime. Thank Randy, you. Randy, do you want to? We've got only about four or five minutes. Yeah, left. yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks everybody for your comments, uh, Nancy and John. And uh, I know uh, here often, both in DC and Austin, that uh, in order for representatives to do their job well, they need to hear from us uh, as, as, leaders, as business leaders, as community leaders. And uh, so that's why public policies is so important for uh, for city of Richardson and, and uh, Obviously, with a lot of important people on the call today, it's important to a lot of us. So uh, thank you. I want to also recognize uh, Patricia Newman with uh, Representative Ramos' office has, uh, has, has been on the call. And thank you for joining. We hope to get her on a, on a future call. And um, also uh, uh, new incoming city manager, Don Magner, that the, the, the countdown is on. We're in the, we're in the final days of uh, Dan's time. And so thanks. And uh, I'll use yeah, that. Randy, if I could, I, I would just like to extend an invitation to everyone um, next Thursday, February 24th at the Eisman Center for Performing Arts uh, from two o'clock to five o'clock. We'll be sending Dan off. Uh, it's going to be a really uh, a great presentation, a lot of really uh, neat speakers. So please come and join us if you can. Great. Thanks. And uh, also uh, we use that as a segue that our, our next uh, public policy meeting will be on uh, March 14th. And uh, Don will be uh, joining us to give us an update on the city. And uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of neat things going on there. Look forward to uh, to March 14th. Listening to uh, uh, at that at that date will be the city manager of Richardson. So um, look forward to everybody joining us there. Also want to recognize Manasseh Durkin uh, is on the call today. He's our chairman of the Richardson Chamber of Commerce uh, for 2022. So thanks for joining us, Manasseh. And with Thank that. You.